everybody, and welcome to my show, Unstoppable Truth. My guest today is Sherry Strong. She is an expert on wellness and an international keynote speaker. She most recently started a supplement company called Living Immunity and has become the Alberta Director for Children's Health Defense, conducting over 90 interviews with doctors, nurses, scientists, and victims of mandates. Welcome to the show, Sherry. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks, Jamie. Well, you are an incredible wealth of knowledge around nutrition, but I do want to start with all of your the highlights of your career because you have many that you need to share. Okay. Well, kind of bullet pointed, if that's all right. Sure. But I left high school to be study to become a missionary. Um, I discovered I preferred the position to the vocation, left religious life, went to Australia and practiced and uh, became a chef there, opened up a cooking school, started to get references to work with people who had eating disorders um, and eating behavioral issues from a doctor and dietitian, then moved into the nutrition space. I went to university, studied nutrition, found out how corrupt it was and left um, to find a path to basically help people understand how we're meant to eat as a human species. I became the Victorian Chair of Nutrition Australia, and I was the Melbourne President of Slow Food, and I consulted on uh, boards that consulted to the Australian government on public health policy. So I had all this information around food, plus the expertise as a chef, being a top chef in some of the best restaurants in Melbourne, which are some of the best restaurants in the world. Um, and through the actual working with people through my cooking class, I realized that most people were confused. So I would go on walks, I'd ask for guidance and say, how do I actually explain this so people understand without being confused? Because I knew a lot of professionals who were confused. They wouldn't admit it, but basically based on what they were saying and the advice they were giving clients, they, they didn't actually fully understand things. So from there, I did a lot of television in Australia, um, did seven television pilots. I was a, a keynote speaker, so, and then I started to do lifestyle makeovers, flying around the world to, to help people reverse lifestyle uh, conditions, like Theo Fleury. Um, so Theo, I helped him reverse Crohn's. Um, Brett Wilson, when he was going through his second bout of cancer, and a lot of clients who would refer me to not username, but it included elite athletes like AFL football players um, and NHL um, hockey players. Uh, actually, that's singular. Theo is the only hockey player I worked with. But I did things like gave TED Talks, and I, I spoke on stages with prime ministers and royalty. And, and I think probably some of my best career highlights were actually working with individuals, you know, and seeing their transformations not just health transformations, but transformations in how they related to food, their body, and the planet. Because what I found out when I was first, you know, studying nutrition, I could tell people, don't eat this and eat this, and then people would have this level of success. Then when I got them into the kitchen to prepare food, to say, make this, you know, so you don't have to eat this, they had this level of success. And when I moved to the philosophical side of things, of actually helping them understand how we're meant to eat the human species, then they weren't dependent on me anymore for how am I meant to think about this. They knew, they understood, they understood, right? Not just understood. Um, and then they had this level of success. And then I found that when I started to work with them, removing toxicity, not just in the physical, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and started to get them to nourish themselves mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So the same thing, the parallel was happening in the physical. But when, when they did that, it was so much easier for them to make physical changes 
when, when they were clean of mind and heart and spirit. And that's where people had the most success. So when I bundled it all together, um, that's, that's where I started to actually um, realize that there was something unique here, that it was revolutionary. And I, I say the philosophies that I teach are absolutely brilliant. And I can say that without a hint of narcissism because I believe I was given them. And I, like a mother, like you nursed and took care of Sam and you're, you're helping guide her into the, you know, the human that she's meant to be. That's how I treat the philosophy. So I have a sense of ownership over them, but I don't, um, uh, you know, I don't uh, take credit for their brilliance, if that makes sense. I was just going to say, it seems to me, even from having previous discussions with you, that you've been very guided to do what you're doing. And that's, I think that's, that's an interesting thing because I've often done things that didn't make sense to anyone around me. It often didn't make sense to me, you know, like quitting university. I just said, I can't lie my way through a degree. Um, and it was only in hindsight, looking back that I realized that was actually a, a, a reflection of good character, not poor character. Right. Um, but I definitely had doubts around it, but yes. And I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces that's missing in this whole health space. We're completely in our heads about it. And that's where we can get, actually get confused. But when you really start to listen to the body, it, it's not confusing. It's, it's actually really simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. It's not easy. Yeah. That is key yeah. word there, but it is doable. Yeah. You are creating a new show, which sounds just incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> so um, I noticed a lot of people within the freedom movement were passionate, um, but not taking care of themselves. They were unhealthy. And when we're weak, we're easy to take over. So, and honestly, when it all hit and it's, you know, when I went into those deep rabbit holes, I, you know, secluded myself on an off-grid island with uh, sufficient quantities to have as many, you know, cups of coffee and chocolate chip cookies and wine, you know, that I could possibly consume. So I, you know, I, um, I uh, indulged it. But what I realized is that I wasn't just getting weaker physically, that the more I indulged, the weaker I was mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And so I noticed with the interviews that I was doing, I was focusing a lot on the problems. And I knew going into 2023, I wanted to focus on solutions. I wanted it to be solution-focused and not problem-focused. And I wanted to use my expertise, everything that I've done in the past, you know, 35 years and 41 years of studying nutrition. Um, I wanted to actually use that to help people get strong. Because if we're strong, we can protect our kids. Mm -hmm. And if we're weak, not only can we not protect our, our kids, but they're, they'll be taken, you know, from us. And, and we know that they're there are people who have those intentions. I've worked with lots of families who, you know, are experiencing these problems and they don't do themselves any service by not taking care of themselves. Although in the moment when you're triggered, you're traumatized, it can be the hardest thing to do. I, I had a phrase that I used in my business many years ago, strong choices for a strong life. I stopped using it because I thought it was too corporate and I thought I wasn't living up to my own philosophies enough to actually use it, but I've come back to it now. And I think that is, you know, it's key that we have to make tough decisions. We can do hard things 
And we thrive when we do hard things. Your life story is, you know, testimony to that, right? You couldn't have accomplished what you have done without doing a lot of hard things consistently, repetitively over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You keep referring to philosophy and you have a very interesting philosophical approach to nutrition. Can you talk to our audience about that? Because I think that we could all really benefit from what you have to say. Thank you. So what I noticed was a lot of people were confused and more information didn't lead to clarity. And I'll give you an, a perfect example of this. I was speaking about 12 years ago at a conference in Tasmania and this guy came up afterwards and he said, oh yeah, you know, I really, you know, appreciated what you had to say. And um, by the way, my ex-girlfriend, both of her parents were dietitians, and he was really kind of proud of that. And I said, oh really, did she have an eating disorder? And he kind of looked at me, like how cheeky of you. And he actually said, well, that's, that's a bit of a, you know, bold question to ask, or I think, I think he wasn't as politically correct about that. And I just said, well, did she? And he said, well, yeah, actually she did. And for me, it's such a perfect example of when we are so preoccupied uh, about our food, when we break it down into the micro, we focus on the micro, we obsess about it. Um, we can actually have disordered eating. And one of the things I noticed with working with people who had eating disorders, who came in all shapes and sizes, um, that we had to just get back to thinking more naturally about food. So the philosophies I teach are really about understanding nature and how nature actually tells us what we're meant to eat and the quantities we're meant to eat it and by how easily it's obtained in nature, right? So that which is most abundant in nature, we're required to have the most of. And there's a hierarchy. The thing we are most life dependent on, we can't live for seconds without is everywhere. It's air. You don't have to go looking for your air. And when I've been challenged by when I would teach in nutrition schools and I'd get these nutrition students that say, air's not a nutrient because they're used to nutrients coming in, you know, physical form, like something they can touch. I said, what's the definition of a nutrient? And they'll say, well, they didn't say, I would actually expand on it and say, that which is quite required for growth. Try and grow something without air, <laughs> okay? For humans anyway. So air is our primary nutrient, it's the most abundant. The second most abundant nutrient that we are secondary, most life dependent on, covers 70% of the planet and your body is a composite, is 70% water, right? And then we go to vegetation and even in vegetation, there's a way the planet actually speaks to us. Right now, there's lots of kicks about people eating fruit and becoming fruitarians. And a lot of them will end up with pancreatic cancer. Uh, not a lot of them, but some of them will end up with pancreatic cancer. It's way too much sugar for the body to actually eat and sustain on. If you look at nature, nature, there's no place in nature where fruit grows 365 days a year without uh, lots of other vegetation growing. Okay, so nature communicates to us. I, I will say to people, and a wonderful example of that is if I give you a broccoli seed, and an apple seed. You could only plant one. And you wanted to feed your family, what would you plant? And if you don't know how things grow, you might say the apple tree because you get lots of apples, but it takes years to grow an apple tree to produce fruit. This takes weeks to produce food. Okay, but even then, nature's communicating. This grows close to the ground, it's low, it's at its most nutritious and delicious when it's young. As it ages, it diminishes. Whereas fruit, you don't just eat it when it, when it grows to maturity. If you've ever made the mistake of eating an apple <laughs> before it's ripened, it's terrible. Or a banana, that horrible, horrible bitterness. Mm -hmm. It's nature's way of saying, 
weight. And it sits on the tree, and most of the nutrients are actually infused into the fruit in the ripening process. That's why if you get an apple from a supermarket that's being picked green, ripened with ethylene gases, the flavor compounds, the macro and micronutrients haven't fully developed in it. And you might get the sugars, but you don't have the flavor compounds that come from the um, phytonutrients. So, and look, that's just one philosophy, nature's principle. It helps us understand. I have one called the lethal recipe, the consumption concept, you know, the replace principle. They're all things that help people in sound bites to understand how we're meant to eat. So you're not dependent on a nutritionist or an app to go shopping, right? Well, it's very interesting. I, as I'm eating lately, tasting the food that I'm cutting up, noticing that a lot of my, the foods and i buy mostly organic mm -hmm. doesn't have a lot of flavor yeah well the thing the thing about organic right now is because it's now being grown on mass flavor comes from the nutrients that you infuse into the plant flavor compounds phytonutrients used to be called phytochemicals they've categorized tens of thousands of them like they're like over 20 years ago when I was studying, there was over 20,000 phytonutrients. There's flavor, aroma, and color compounds. They're, they're, and they're the most powerful substances for protecting us against disease. But if you grow in nutrient-poor uh, soil, that's just being, you're growing and you're growing and you're not really giving back to the soil, it's not going to produce the nutrients or the flavor compounds. And flavor is really a great indicator of nature saying, this is really good. This is jam-packed full of stuff. Uh, and so what they often tend to do is they'll bump up the sugars of things to compensate for the lack of flavor. Or we've just become used to here, add this sauce, add this spice to compensate for that. But one of the tricks of great chefs in the world is when you, when you source from people who actually grow with integrity, you don't have to do a lot to your food. And that's probably one of the things I love about the Italian culture. You know, the, the regional rural culture is they grow things from their garden. They put love into those gardens. There's lots of nutrients into it. They really care for it. Um, and so you don't have to do anything to it. Whereas, like an example with olive oil, most people don't realize that olive oil is not the same all over the world. And the quality differs wildly. So most, olive, most oils on our supermarket shelf have gone through 14 different processes using heptane, hexane, um, gasoline, uh, caustic soda, you know, um, nasty chemicals to basically remove anything life-giving in it because it increases shelf life and they can make more money. Um, but if you have a really pure, good, beautiful olive oil that's just crushed from the olives, it is a health food. There's a lot of information now that people are saying oils are bad and they're not making the distinction. Oils that you can extract in your backyard in nature are good. Uh, and fats. But if it goes through a, a plant or a processing, um, you know, lab, um, it's going to have those nutrients removed and it's going to have toxic substances and residue in it. Yeah. Sherry, we could talk about nutrition all day. I, we've had so many conversations off camera. I'm super intrigued and I know our audience will be too. Where would you tell people to go to find more information? I mean, we know that there's, there is information mm -hmm. and that's not everything. But if you could just speak to the audience right now and say, give them some place to land to, uh, you know, or resources that you recommend, um, what would you tell them? 
Well, one thing, uh, what I know right now, most humans are addicted to sugar. Uh, even if you have a salty palate and you like chips, which I do, um, most of us are addicted to sugar, and that's because um, it lights up the brain's dopamine receptors eight times more than cocaine. <laughs> okay, it's highly processed. It's processed, likely processed cocaine, and it's in everything. And when we process a grain, it can have the same effect because grains have opiates in it. So I, for the first thing for people, I say get off of sugar. And that can be all-consuming and really like asking a drug addict to get off of their, their drug. So I have something called the 21-day challenge. I've got a seven-day challenge that precedes it, the 21-day challenge. But the seven days gets you to replace food. So you're, you're not changing your diet. You're just choosing higher-quality things, which will do two things. It'll have less chemicals and toxins in it, have more nutrients in it. And if your body, the less toxic it is and the more nourished it is, the more easier it is to give up your addictions. Okay, so um, sweetfreedomlife.com. I have a 21 day challenge, an ebook there, but I also have tons of videos on YouTube under Sweet Freedom Life and Sherry Strong. And I think that's where you're actually going to get a sense of how this approach is, is quite different to how most people in the nutrition world Perfect. tackle things. Perfect. Okay, so if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Well, I'm uh, on those websites. I'm on you know, Facebook um, under Food Philosopher. So you'll find me on my private page and I have a public page, Sherry Strong. Um, and uh, you can contact me, Sherry at SherryStrong.com. Super easy to find. Yeah. Love it. Well, I know a lot of people will be after hearing this. Um, I definitely need to have you back on because we have a lot more to talk about. But I want to thank you for coming in today to, to share your philosophy. And I know it was a shortened version. And yeah. uh, you're just, again, a wealth of knowledge around this, um, this space. So, and I think moving forward, we all need to really hone in and focus on better nutrition. It's been too long of just, you know, eating poorly and, and being poisoned yeah. in every aspect of our life, right? Yeah. Well, they did a smart thing trying to addict us to convenience. Yeah. They did it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you for watching Unstoppable Truth. And for more interviews and more information, go to canadiansfortruth.ca.